have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the Second Kings, the 20th chapter, if you would. Second Kings, the 20th chapter. Let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing. And um, I want to read. I'm going to read to you the first 11 verses of Second um, Kings, the 20th chapter. First 11 verses. It says, "In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos." came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. And it came to pass, afford Isaiah was gone out into the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him saying, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee on the third day. Thou shalt go up into the house of the Lord. And I will add unto thee to thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. And those, those important words right there. And Isaiah said, Take a lump, I'm sorry, take a lump of figs, and they took and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. And Hezekiah said unto Isaac, Isaiah, What shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me, that I shall go unto, up into the house of the Lord the third day? And Isaiah said, This sign shall not shall thou give, shall thou have of the Lord, that the Lord will do <coughs> the thing, that he has spoken, shall the <clears throat> thing he has spoken, shall the shadow go forward ten degrees and go back ten degrees. And Hezekiah, Hezekiah answered, It is a light thing for the shadow to go down ten degrees, but let the shadow return backward ten degrees. And Isaiah the prophet cried unto the Lord, and he brought the shadow ten degrees backward by which it had gone down in the dial of the Ahaz. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the day. Thank you for the blessings of it, Lord. Again, I thank you for this opportunity I have to stand before these great people here, Lord. And, and I'm thankful that you sent them out, and I'm thankful they have a great desire to be in your house today. And, Lord, I pray for them. I pray for all those that are sick, Lord. We have several among us today that 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 have ongoing problems and and Lord, I pray for them, and and I pray for the man family. Lord, they uh, they have um, uh, they've lost a loved one, and Lord, uh, I just pray that you'll see fit to comfort them in this time uh, of their troubles. And Lord, I just pray that you'll bless us in everything. Take care of us, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. 
we have before us a young 39-year-old. Now, you have to understand, you're going, you're going to hear some things about Isaiah today that you, uh, that you probably have never heard. You've just heard bits and pieces, mostly, of Isaiah's life, unless you've really studied it. Uh, but um, you're going to hear some things today that, that sort of completes uh, this, this episode in, in, in Hezekiah's life. So he was 39 years old. He was a king and one who has lived a righteous life before God. Now that's, that's a plus for Hezekiah. Hezekiah's life would, <clears throat> Hezekiah's life would more than likely put most of us to shame today. However, this did not stop God from speaking that proverbial, that proverbial knock that I have warned about for many years. And the title of this message is God knocking at one's door. And this is not the one where it speaks of Jesus knocking at the heart's door. This is God knocking at one's door. And that's exactly what, what happened here to Hezekiah. Hezekiah got that knock at his door and and that knock came. The, the knock had a message with it. The message was, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die. Now that is a, uh, that is a, um, a message that um, uh, if, uh, most people don't want to hear. They, they don't want to hear that message. They, they don't want to know that message. They, they don't want to hear that message about themselves, and neither do they want to hear that message about others. Hemans, which was a, an old, uh, uh, wrote, wrote a lot of poetry. He wrote, uh, he says, he says, there are things known but to God and to a parting soul which feels God's, uh, thrilling summons. Now, I believe that. I, I believe what he wrote there. I wouldn't have said that if I didn't believe it. But I do believe, I do believe that not only does God give the person evidence that their life is over? But he also, he, he, not only does God know when their life's over, but he also gives evidence to them that their life is over. I believe that. I've heard it said that no one knows exactly when they're going to die. But when you, when you get this point here, you know it. I, I know I've seen it too many times over the years. I've seen it in in my ministry so many times over the years that, that people have come and talked to me and they have told me, I know I'm not going to be around much longer. And I'll say, well, how do you know that? Well, they'll say, well, I, the Lord has shown me. And, 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 and that's true. That, that's what happens. Not a lot of people don't want to talk about it. A lot of people don't want to say anything about it. A lot of people don't want to talk about it. But let me tell you, folks, when that, when that knock comes at your door, then you're going to know it. And secondly, you're not only going to know when that knock comes to your door, but you, you're going to understand what the message is that God has for you. I know there are many, if not most, don't believe a person knows when his or her dying day is coming. Well, I do. I believe that. And, and, and this backs, I'm sorry, and this backs that truth completely. Hezekiah was a very young man, was a very healthy man until this sickness unto death came upon him. God has made a lot of promises to his people, but having a long life 
It's not one of them. Now, I'm gonna, don't, don't, don't get ahead of me here because uh, don't, don't think that I'm making no one of them wild statements. But uh, God, God has, no, has never promised anybody a long life. And I want you to understand that. We're going to explain that in just a minute. Uh, Hezekiah, uh, well, I already said that. Let me get back where I was. Uh, Furthermore, what is a long life to God? Now, you have to understand that. What is a long life to God? What does that mean? That when when a baby dies in, in, in infancy, is that a long life to God? See, you have to understand, God doesn't deal with things in our time frame. We will say in 10 minutes, but 10 minutes to us is like an eternity to God. God, God doesn't, God doesn't deal in, God doesn't deal in, uh, uh, time. God doesn't deal in minutes. God doesn't deal in seconds. God doesn't deal in hours. God doesn't deal in days or months or even years. God only deals in eternity. Everything God does, everything God has ever done was done, I believe, before the world ever began. I believe the plan for your life and the purpose for your life and your time to go was planned before the foundation of the world. And I believe, I believe that we, we all know that and, and, and I believe that and I believe that to be true. Furthermore, what is a long life to God? God promises that if we honor our fathers and mothers, we will have a long life. Again, what is a long life to God? What does that mean? You know, if, if you've honored your father and your mother and you died 50, that could that'd be a long life to God. That's how God understands it. God, God doesn't understand in time. He does. He doesn't uh, promise in time, but he he promises in, in eternity. No perfect, no person in this building today is too young to die. Do you understand that? You say, "Well, I've honored my father and my mother, but I can't." But let me tell you, folks, no person in this building is too young to die. No person in this building is too middle aged to die. No person in this building is is too old to die. You know, you heard these people say, uh, I used to hear the saying, I know lots, some of you older have heard it too, old soldiers don't die, they just fade away. Well, that's, uh, you know, some of that's true, some of it's not. Because some of them died on the battlefield very young. But the fact is, folks, let me tell you, folks, what is, what is a long life to God? We consider that. What is a long life to God? But it could be a short life also to us. I don't know when it is, when it has gone, but as of today, my life is short. Now think about this for just a moment. Think about what I'm saying. Think about what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not trying to make anything any different. My life to me right now is short. You know, I always, I always believed, I always thought in my heart, I would never live to see 50 years old. To me, and, and, and I think there'll be those in here who will back that up, to me, I thought 50 years was ancient when I was growing up. 
When someone came and said, I'm 50 years old, I thought, well, boy, they're ancient. They're ancient. Well, the closer I get, the closer I got to 50, the less I believed that 50 was ancient. You know, I always said, I always had this statement that I always said, you know, that I believe when a person reached 60 years old, they ought to give them a shot and put them out of their misery. Well, uh, I reached 60 years old. Well, I moved that up to 65. I said, well, when a person's 65 years old, they ought to give them a shot and put them out of their misery. Well, I turned 65. And, uh, and, and I had to raise that to 75 or, or 70. Then I had to raise it to 75. And when I reached those things, you know, I've done moved it up now to 85. You know, that uh, when a person gets that old, well, I, not knowing that that's probably what's going to happen. I'm, I'm serious, folks. What we see going on today, you know, you've got people out there, George, uh, Bill Gates. Bill Gates, believe in, he believes in euthanizing old people. Yeah, he does. Yes, he does. And there's a lot of them out there. George Soros, if you look, in, look into what he believes about it, he believes it's okay to euthanize old people. Now, let me tell you, folks, we got people out there today that I, I do believe that when we get, when we get a further along in all this, that they're not going to even doctor old people. You know, they're, they're not, they're not going to say they're worth it. They're worth anything. Well, now I've reached 75 and soon we'll be 76. I've reached 75 and now I realize my life is short. My life is short. You know, when we, we talk about long life, you know, my grandmother on my dad's side, only, only one or two on my dad's side that I knew. But my, my grandmother on my dad's side, he, my, my, my dad never met his mother till he was 40, some 40 some years old. But at any rate, uh, my grandmother, you know, she, I, I went to see her. She got sick, and I went to visit with her. I was preaching. I was pastoring then. And I and she got sick, and I went to see her. And she looked at me, and she said, Paul said, God has given me a lot of things over these years, but there's one thing that he has not given me. And I said, what's that? And he, she said, long life. And here she was, 80-some years old. Now, how would you answer her? How would you answer someone that 85 years old that says that God hasn't given them long life? Now, this is, this is important to what I'm going to be preaching in just a minute about Hezekiah. So you, 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 need, you need to realize these things. Prosperity is no guarantee of a long life. No pros, prosperity is not the guarantee of a long life. The best any of us can do is to set the house of our heart and even the place we call home here on this earth in God's order. I, I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're 15, 20, 25 years old today. The best thing you can do is set your heart in order. See that your heart is in order. Now, not, not wait until... As, as Hezekiah did until he got sick. 
Not, not wait until he got sick. God told him, God told him, you haven't set your house in order yet. You need to set your house in order. You need to get things in order and, 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 and get things right because your day is here. Your, your day has come. Prosperity is no guarantee of that. <clears throat> Just remember, our deeds are not buried with our carcass. What, what, what you do here in this life is not buried with your carcass. You'll say, well, once I'm dead and gone, it don't make any difference then. It does make a difference. It does make a difference what you did in this life and, and what you, the things that you, you did in this life. When you, let me tell you folks, I believe this with all of my heart and, and I, I know maybe some don't, but I believe, I believe with all of my heart that you sit here today, and if you don't listen to this message, you're going to hear this message again. You're going to hear this message again because when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ or you stand before the great white throne of judgment, you're going to argue with God. You're going to say, well, God, I never had a chance. God's, God's going to flash this ugly face back up before you. And he's going to say, yes, you did, because you you were warned. You were warned. You know, what I'm doing today is I'm knocking at your door today, warning you that today's going to come when God's going to knock at your door when these, when these times come, because he did Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a good, was a good king, was a righteous man. He, he was a man that, uh, he was a man that did everything right. Did, did everything that he did in his life right. He did it all right. He was a righteous man. He tore down the groves. He, he did a lot of these things. He took down a lot of the idol worship that was among the, uh, the, the children of Israel. He took down a lot of that. He was a good man until God knocked at his door. God knocked at his door. You know, you've heard me say before, you've heard me say it many times over the years, that a lot of people have faith to live, but do they have faith to die? You'll say, well, I don't know if I do or not. Well, you will. Someday you will. You will know. I, 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 I saw the commercial on TV here not too long ago at St. Jude Children's Hospital. And they had a little boy on there. He looked like he was, he looked like he was maybe, uh, six or seven years old. And first thing he said when they, somebody asked him, he said, I don't want this cancer to kill me. Let me tell you folks, something to think about. Something to really think about. I remember my brother who was blind, who was born with polio. He was crippled in his legs. He was born with polio. And by the way, Brother Ronnie, uh, um, gosh, I can't remember his last name. I want to play the piano. Uh, anyway, he, uh, uh, he was born with polio too. So my brother was born with polio. And, uh, and he, he, he could hardly walk. He crippled, very crippled in his legs. 
But the thing about it is, I heard my brother lay on his deathbed, and he told the doctor, the doctor came to see him, and he told the doctor, he said, Doctor, I don't want to die. Doctor, don't let me die. Oh, I'll never forget that. I, I was only nine or eight or nine years old when he died. But I'll never forget hearing him say those words. I was sitting in the in in the old room. We were we lived in an old shack there, and I was sitting in the old one of the, uh, in the same room, and I heard my brother say that. I don't want to die. And, and let let me tell you, folks. Hezekiah didn't want to die either. You would think, well, here's a man here that's lived a righteous life, done everything right in his life, done everything that God would have him do. You would think that 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 might not be such a bad message to him. But it was. It was a terrible message. And I'm going to tell you some more things about it here in just a minute. Hezekiah did not take this news very well, as most don't. The Bible says... And here's what, here it is. The Bible says that he turned his face toward the wall, that is, away from God. He turned his face away from, away from God and, and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. Verses 2 and 3. Now wait. Wait just a minute. Lord, I don't deserve to die. I've done, every, I've done everything you've asked me to do, Lord. I've done everything you've asked me to do, Lord. I don't deserve to die. Well, let me tell you, folks, you, you're going to learn a little later on in this message what that meant. What is wrong with that prayer? What, what was wrong with that prayer that he prayed when he turned his face away from the Lord? What was wrong with that prayer? But well, we will soon learn. Let me say here, this is not a model prayer. So don't go about trying it. It's not a model prayer. No model prayer ever puts man's works in front of it or during it. Don't ever, just listen folks, don't ever tell God what you've done. God knows what you've done. God knows what your life has been like. Don't ever say, Lord, I've tried, I've tried to live right. Lord, I've tried to do this and I've tried to do that. I've tried to do that, Lord, and, and Lord, uh, 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 please, please don't let me die. In whose name are you praying? You're praying in your own name. You're praying for your own good. You're praying for your own honor. Maybe you'll catch on here in just a second. So don't think that just because you may pray this prayer, it may happen to you. This is Hezekiah's prayer and not mine. And God heard him turning his face toward the wall is I'm sorry I'm getting my eyes are turning his face toward the wall 
I, I saw turning his turning his face from the wall is in is indicative of turning from human hope and help. That no one, some somebody, some somebody can help me. You know how many of us think a doctor can keep us alive? How many of us fall in love with a doctor just because we think that he did something to make one of our kin folks' life longer? Think about it for a moment. Think about what I'm saying. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. We're going to see in just a minute what, what, what I'm getting to. <clears throat> Something to note. In Hezekiah's first prayer, he pleaded in the name of God. In this one, he pleads in his own name. Well, when did he pray his first prayer? Well, turn with me to 2 Kings 20 and verse 3. 2 Kings 20 and verse 3, he says over there, go back there. He says, in, in this prayer, he says, I have walked before thee in truth with a perfect heart. Now look at 2 Kings 19 and verse 15. 2 Kings 19 and verse 15. Here's the first prayer he prayed. First prayer Hezekiah prayed. Listen to it. And Hezekiah prayed in 2 Kings 19 and verse 15. Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwellest between the cherubims, thou art the God, even, even thou alone, and of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. Now what's the difference in those two prayers? What's the difference in those two prayers? Hezekiah was lauding and uplifting his own life, and in this prayer, he lauded and uplifted God's life and who God is and what God is. So that gives us some indication. Because of his righteousness, I'm sorry, because of his righteous life, God heard him and answered his prayer anyway, though he prayed in his own name and not God's. Now, some of you, if you've ever studied this, why did God answer his prayer? Why did God hear him praying? Well, he's going to tell us here in just a minute. Was it because of his father? Listen to what he says here. God sent the answer to Isaiah... And God gave him abundantly more than a dying king really deserved. That's Second Kings 20 and verses 4 through 6. We read them. We must notice God didn't give him 15 years for Hezekiah's sake, but God's own and for his servant David's. You fathers, you don't know what it means to be a righteous father. And what that means to your children. How, how, how God will bless your children because you were a righteous person.
Think about that for just a moment. We must notice, well, we said that. Well, let's say it again. We must notice God didn't give him 15 years for Hezekiah's sake, but for God's own sake and for his servant David. God works in very mysterious ways in this life. Now, we're going to get into something serious here. This, this mess should be over in just a, not too long from now. But we're going, to get, we're going to get serious here in just a minute, and you need to listen. That's the reason I said you need to listen to this whole message. We think that we know a lot about God, but if we will just listen and learn, we'll learn more every day. You learn more about God every day in your own life, in the lives of those you love and care about. You learn about God every day. You learn more about God every day. That's the reason that someone said to me, you know, you know that uh, if God, if, if our time comes, then our time will come. If it doesn't, it won't. That's true. We must learn a lot about God. No one, no one, before you read this and before you ever studied this in your life, no one ever thought, no one ever thought that God would extend somebody's life for the sake of himself and for the sake of his father. What influence do you have on your children? You'll say, well, if I work hard, then they'll work hard too. If I save my money, they'll save theirs too. If I do this, they'll do that too. Let me tell you something, folks. Your children gain by your own righteousness. Your children, your children have gained because of your own righteousness and the way you live your life. Notice how God went about giving his promise to Hezekiah. In verses 8 through 11, we talked about that. Verses 8 through 11, how he went about it. God has a way of cutting at the root of our future plans. If we are really following the Lord... We will know our future plans are in jeopardy. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, if the Lord wills, tomorrow I'll go here. If the Lord wills, today I'll do this. If the Lord wills, I'll go next week. If the Lord wills, we're going to go on vacation. The extra years were not a blessing to Hezekiah. Let's go to verse 17 of our of, of the 20th chapter. They were not a blessing to Hezekiah. Let's go to the 17th verse of the 20th chapter. Behold, the days come that all that is in thine house and that which thy fathers have laid up in store unto this day shall be carried into Babylon. Nothing shall be left 
saith the Lord. And of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Your children, your sons, your daughters, they're going to be living under the rule of Babylon those years. I tell you, Hezekiah would have much rather have died than to have this told to him. If you'll remember, he thanked God for keeping them free from the Assyrians. But God told him, he says, yeah, I'm giving you extra years, but you're going to have to realize there's a penalty to all that. He says in verse 19, Then said Hezekiah unto Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. And he said, It is not good if peace and truth be in my days. What happened? You have to read the whole story. What happened? His son, his seven-year-old wicked son, Manasseh, who inherited the throne, and he undone all that his father had set up. You find that in Second Kings 21, first 18 verses. Manasseh was the son of Hezekiah was one of the most wicked men ever appointed king, ever made king. And God made Manasseh king not to chastise the people, but to chastise Manasseh's father because he sinned. Hezekiah sinned when he turned his face away from God and prayed toward the wall. And prayed in his own name. Said, God, you know what I am. God, you know that I've been faithful to you. God, you know I've been perfect. Oh, better be careful about that. God, you know I've been perfect in your sight. He prayed in his own name. He didn't pray in the name of God. Not one time, not one time do you ever find in the scriptures he ever thanked God for those 15 years. You know why he didn't? Because he was so happy that he got 15 more years it didn't matter what happened. He, he, he did not know what his sons were going to do when they took over. And there are some people today who don't believe that their sins are passed on to their children. Listen, mother and father, mother and father-to-be, whatever you are here today, all of you are potential mothers and all of you are potential fathers. You better be careful how you live your life. 
because God's not going to take it out on you. He's going to take it out on your children. Like he did Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a good man. Good king. He was a good king. He was a, he lived a righteous life. He lived a, he lived a wonderful life, but he made one big mistake. First, the first mistake he made, he wanted a longer life. Second mistake he made was he didn't thank God for it. He learned a lot in those 15 years. Those 15 years were miserable years for Hezekiah. What lesson have we learned today? God may bless us, and we may praise him for his blessings, but just remember Hezekiah's sin when he prayed to God in his own name instead of God's name. Hezekiah would have been much better off if he had not requested longer life. When God knocks at your door, and if, you're, if, you're, if everything's in order and you're ready to go, that's going to be a great blessing. Precious in the sight of the Lord is death of one of his saints. Hezekiah, I believe, was one of the saints of God. But I believe he handled that situation wrong and God chastised him for it. Chastised him through his children. He would have been much better off if he had not requested a longer life. God, just give me, just give me more time. I'm not ready to go yet, God. Just give me, give me more time. I'm telling you here today, you better get things ready. You better make your house, you better make your heart straight. You better make your house straight. I'm going to come down here now, and if Brother Reggie come up here and turn this off.